The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Off the Shelf gives a voice to commercial service and product companies selling in the federal market. Roger speaks to members and government officials about procurement policy, trends, innovations, and debates. Now your host, Roger Waldron. My guest today is Surabi Subramanyam. He is the Vice President and Emerging Technologies Practice Lead for CGI Federal. Uh, Surabi, welcome to the show. Thanks, Roger. Uh, Great to be here. Well, I'm looking uh, forward to this conversation. We're going to be talking about the role of systems integrators in the federal market and uh, and some emerging technologies. Obviously, that's your practice uh, focus. But first, before we get started on what's going on out there and uh, the role of systems integrators. Can you, Surabi, could you talk a little bit about your background and how you came to CGI and now the lead for emerging technologies there? Sure, Roger. Uh, I have about 24 years of experience um, in the uh, IT industry. Uh, I've had the opportunity of uh, working both on the commercial side, the state and local government side, and as well as on the federal side. Uh, I've done a lot of um, uh, product development in my career, um, had the opportunity of implementing these products uh, at various uh, customers, um, and I've also had uh, the opportunity to dabble with a lot of emerging technologies, and uh, that's been my passion all my career. And uh, uh, when I had the opportunity to, uh, to lead this practice, I jumped at it and uh, took it on. Right. Um, well, we'll talk about your dabbling in a, in a bit, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, with that twenty-four year experience, so can you? Um, you've got the snapshot of the federal space and and the role of system integrators. Can you talk a little bit about the ele- uh, the evolution of the role of systems integrators uh, in the federal space? Sure. Um, if you think about um, the role of the system integrator in the last several decades, probably um, the system integrators have been tasked with building large one-off proprietary systems, um, um, integrating the best-of-breed components, bringing them together, um, making sure that it's a cohesive unit uh, that can be deployed to the federal government agencies. Um, These systems are the backbone for the IT systems even today uh, across all agencies, uh, whether they're small or large. Uh, But what's happening is... With the evolution of cloud, the evolution of shared services, the evolution of Aziz services in the commercial space, there are a lot of changes that are happening today in the IT industry space. Um, And uh, our commercial uh, customers and our uh, uh, commercial partners are seeing the benefits of this evolution. And um, we're starting to see that change happen even in the federal government space. Uh, Agencies are now uh, uh, realizing the power of cloud, realizing the power of ASI services in terms of how it is going to bring in efficiency in their operations and also optimize costs for them. Uh, So the role of the system integrator is evolving from someone who has been a project-specific partner to a strategic solution partner going forward. So picking up on that, because you mentioned, you know, the, you know, the old, I mean, I'm thinking about when I used to do procurement, you know, the 1990, it was very, was proprietary, right? Solutions that that were custom built for agencies in most cases. And we're talking more sort of 
open systems right, and there's more different interconnecting pieces, it seems to me. You know, everybody walks around. I walk around with my iPhone. People work remotely. Is that the kind of that overarching sort of cross-cutting vision is what systems integrators bring to to customer missions, like how to take advantage of those technologies? That is correct. Uh, So in the past, obviously, what used to happen is there used to be a procurement that comes out from the agency that says, I need you to meet X, Y, Z requirements. And there used to be this huge laundry list of requirements that you needed to meet. And then the system integrator used to say, oh, you know what? which components of which best of breed products that I can bring to the table that will meet these requirements line by line. Uh, That landscape is changing. Uh, Customers um, uh, and citizens who are used to what is happening in the commercial space where if, uh, if a citizen, for example, is interacting with a bank, they're probably not going into the bank. They're doing everything over their mobile phone. Now, citizens are basically saying, hey, if the bank is able to do this, why is the federal government also not doing the same thing? How can I get that same citizen-centric experience uh, from uh, the federal government agencies as well? And that is forcing the government to really look at how can I change my model of procurement? How can I adapt to these changes quicker and more rapidly so that I can bring that same experience to the citizens um, uh, that are interacting with the government? So do you think one, uh, you know, just do you think one of the biggest, you know, services systems integrators can provide to the government is sort of breaking down those proprietary sort of stovepipes that is that I mean, you know, to help them figure out that's we're in a, a truly interconnected world now. Is that is that one of the biggest things you th- brought to the table? That is one of the biggest things that the systems integrators can bring to the table. Uh, this is already happening in the commercial space, and um, uh, this, uh, the, this is what the systems integrators can bring from the commercial space to the government. Um, but obviously the challenge that we have within the federal government is it's a heavily regulated environment. Uh, uh, there are a lot of stringent compliance requirements that you need to meet uh, when working with the government and how the uh, systems within the government agencies are operating to break them up and to convert these large monolithic applications into smaller, more nimbler applications, uh, it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of um, uh, partnership from both the government as well as uh, the systems integrator to figure out what is the best logical way to make this happen. So and, you know, and, and when you think about the, the that, you know, we're talking about this evolution, um, it, it, the benefits to the citizens and, and what the citizens demand, you've touched on that a little bit. Can you expand on that? So uh, let me take uh, the example of a passport application. Sure. Uh, right? Today, if you really think about it, if I have to get a passport, I have to obviously go online, download a form, fill it out. I can probably fill it online or I can fill it with my hand. Then I have to go into a post office. Yep. Submit. i got to get my passport renewed, so... <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Going to the post office and then um, submit that application to get an appointment at the post office. It's going to take me a week, two weeks, whatever it is. I have to get myself photographed. I have to do all of that. And then the passport application goes and then I may get the passport application, uh, passport returned to me in the mail in a couple of weeks. Opening a bank account does not take me that much time. No, right. you do it in one day. I can right. do it in one day. Yeah. I can actually do it literally in 10 minutes right. online yeah. Yeah. and my yeah. account is open, right? right? 
That is what the citizens are I'm looking for. I'm a little slow. It would take me a day to, <laughs> to get my bank account open. <laughs> that is what the citizens are expecting from the government. That is what they're looking at in terms of how can I do it. Now, the government is trying to react. They're saying, okay, you know what? Probably the first application of the passport, I can't do that. But renewals, I can probably speed it up. So that is the slow change and evolution that the tri- government is trying to bring. But there's a lot of such things that the government can do and the citizens are expecting from the government in terms of change. Yeah, and is it is the key to this expectation of citizens, like, I keep going back to the, you know, you, you, everybody walks around with their phone and just to being able to, you know, even to to engage their government in the way they engage commercial, with all kinds of commercial entities, you know, that's sort of the ultimate where the government wants to go. Is that what you're hearing from customers? Yes, absolutely. I mean, from your, from your government customer. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we are hearing from our, from our customers. Right. So um, how, you know, so from a systems integrator perspective, how, how do you do, facilitate delivering that experience to the citizens? So let me touch upon uh, the customer experience a little more in terms of what is really happening, right? So one of the reasons, and this is uh, uh, even part of the president's management ag- agenda, if you look at the report and you read uh, the president's management agenda, what has been clearly identified is there is a lack of trust in the government. And there is a direct correlation between the customer experience and the lack of trust in the government in terms of what it is. Sure. Now, there are agencies that are doing a much better job at this compared to some of the other agencies that are out there. One example that comes to mind is what's happening with the Patent and Trademark Office. Uh, they uh, have invested heavily in uh, revamping their customer experience because they sit on a treasure trove of data in terms of patents and trademarks and yes. all yeah. of that. They're sitting on this treasure trove of data, and the agency has invested heavily in terms of driving um, uh, a unique customer experience. And as a result of it, they've opened up this data to their um, uh, to the citizens, and they're they've come out with uh, interactive dashboards. They've come out with a platform where developers can collaborate with each other, right? So that's the kind of experience that citizens are looking for. For You know, on that, uh, Surabi, we're going to have to go, we'll pick that up in the next segment, continue our conversation about the citizen experience and how systems integrators can help deliver that, you know, positive customer experience for American citizens. My guest today is Surabi Subra Manyam. He is the vice president in uh, Mer- Emerging Technologies Practice Lead at CGI. And you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 AM, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio 1500 AM, part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Surabi Subra Manyam. He is Vice President and Emerging Technologies Practice Lead at CGI Federal. We're talking about uh, emerging technologies, systems integrators, the customer experience, and how um, in particular systems integrators are supporting the federal government's efforts to improve the citizen experience. And Sarabi, when we took the break, you were talking about the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and its efforts to you know, improve that customer experience and the importance of that given the, as I think you referred to, treasure trove of information that's there that's, you know, sort of advanced 
knowledge in a certain sense. So how, you know, can you talk a little bit about you know how systems integrators sort of fac- further facilitate support that you know improvement of the customer experience doesn't and and doesn't it really get down to requirements at the end of the day and understanding those. That's multiple the, questions. I apologize. But no, that's, that's okay. I get that way. <laughs> it does boil down to requirements at the end of the day. But the question and what is different now is how are you gathering those requirements? And uh, do you want to uh, actually go eat the entire elephant or do you want to eat bite-sized chunks, right? And I think that's, right. the, uh, that's the key differentiator now. Um, so the system integrator partnering with the government uh, can bring in new solutions and technologies that have uh, uh, already been proven in the commercial space and bring that back to the government and say, hey, let's take this technology that has been proven in the commercial space and see how we can apply it to the needs of the government. Uh, PTO, uh, uh, if you think about the searches and all of that stuff, uh, they looked at how can I bring some of those advanced querying functions that the commercial space is using and how can I apply it to the data that PTO has gathered and uh, and make it easier for the citizens to actually query data and all of that. But it's just not about that, right? Uh, the entire experience of how I ask for information and how that information is presented back to me is also very, very relevant to the citizen. And uh, in the past, uh, these screens or pages or application, um, you know, web pages were designed in the back room somewhere where someone thought, oh, this is how it would look nice. So why didn't I do that? Right. Uh, sure. That does not work anymore. So what uh, what uh, the systems integrators can bring to the table uh, working with the government is to basically say, hey, why don't we actually do something called as a user design thinking session where we probably bring a cross-section of the citizens who will use this application to interact with with the systems integrator and also the users of the government? And then why don't we all work together and design uh, the experience that everyone is happy with? And then now I'm not going to design the entire experience end-to-end. I may design saying that, okay, you know what? I will design just the first page prototype it, build it out, see how it is, and then iterate over it over time and come out with the complete user end-to-end experience. And uh, there are a lot of benefits to doing this, obviously, because uh, you can immediately touch and feel what is being built. You can immediately look and say, oh, yeah, we talked about this, but now that I'm actually using it, I notice that there is this problem. Can we fix this? And then it doesn't have to go through the entire uh, design phase. It doesn't have to go through the entire development phase again. We're just making changes uh, uh, as we go, and we're being agile and nimble about it. And that's where it is a much more effective way of delivering solutions to the government. Yeah, there's a lot there. I, it, it, that's a lot to sort of unpack because it just makes me think about um, date myself. I go back. You know, so what you what you described to me is like is outcome based, right? Yes. It's not. You know, the, in the first segment, you talked about um, you know the the old days where it was very proprietary and the government. I re- I had flashbacks to some of the statements of work that I read that had literally 500 separate little technical requirements that you had <laughs> to design the system to meet. And you're and that's that was all well and good at the time. Maybe people didn't understand or technology wasn't where it is today. But now we're talking about outcomes and sort of incre- incremental pieces and agile. Um, 
it, it, it does is part of that as well when you're thinking about that customer user experience don't you at the back end you do have to figure out well okay how does how do i get that information to be presentable on this web page or on this site is that big a big challenge too that is a big challenge too because if you had the luxury of building the entire system from scratch, then you wouldn't have to worry about, oh, how is the back end going to work with the front right. end and all of yeah. that. But unfortunately, we are not at this stage right now. Uh, the government is already sitting on a, a lot of data. They already have collected this over decades uh, from citizens and the various programs that they've been running. And what is key is trying to figure out how you can make that data available to these rich customer experiences and citizen-centric experiences that you're creating, right? Uh, uh, the modern technologies and some of the solutions that are out there, uh, especially with the Aziz service solutions like, you know, uh, SaaS software and everything yes. that is there, yep. they will work very well when you are starting from scratch. But the moment you try to integrate it, you need to go back and tinker with the legacy yeah. systems and figure out, hey, it may be in a mainframe. It may be in a in a Unix box somewhere. How do I get that data out? Expose it in such a way so that the modern user interface that I'm building can connect to that data and give the rich experience to the customer. Over time, you can evolve it and you can probably replace the entire legacy system behind the scenes. But that's going to be a significant transformation, and no one. Uh, today, in today's world, has a time to wait for that kind of a transformation. So you need to keep doing this incrementally. Yeah, so those like, that's almost like, I don't know what the right term is, is that migration of the, uh, you know, that you, you have to take what's there and make it usable with the modern, you know, interfaces, right, yes. kind of thing. Um, so that, that's a huge challenge. Can you talk at, about some of the other challenges? I know one of the things that's on everybody's mind is security these days. Um, in particular, um, you know, and of course, there's always costs, and you know, and you know, they need to talk about integrating technologies, but and security in particular, um, cybers on and supply chain that's on everybody's. Congress, executive branch, everybody's talking. Absolutely, I mean, so. and with all the latest news that is out there, security is top on mind for everyone. As we all know, uh, given the nature of the data that we are dealing with here, uh, the federal government has some very, very strict and unique uh, requirements around security. Um, it's been like this from the very beginning. Um, uh, security has always been a challenge, even when you were building the legacy systems, and these were deployed in an on-premise data center. Even then, you had to go through what is called the FedRAMP certification process. You had to go through the authority to operate process, the ATO process, and all of that. Uh, so that complexity has always been there. What's uh, um, uh, uh, made the problem even worse is now with... Uh, cloud solutions, software-as-a-service solutions, and a bunch of other platform-as-a-service solutions, no-code, right. low-code platforms, you're actually running into a situation where these applications are running in networks and in, uh, in, in uh, data centers that you have no control over and they're outside your network boundaries. In that kind of an environment and an ecosystem, how do you still make sure that the data that is there is secure, is uh, and you're following all the rules and regulations that the federal government has in terms of compliance, governance, uh, who has access to that data, who can actually look at that data, all of that becomes very, very complex. And 
to be able to um understand that and to be able to actually solve that problem uh you need system integrators who have deep domain expertise of how the federal government operates today and apply that knowledge to these newer te- technologies that are coming in and make it work seamlessly right so i mean what you described there to me it's like so you, you mentioned before tweaking the legacy systems of the federal government to be able to you know be presented on a web page or whatever functionality that's been developed Sort of, you're talking also the flip side of it is when you're bringing commercial technologies to the federal space, you have to be able to I don't know, tweak them is the right word, but adjust, you know, modify whatever to meet those government requ- unique requirements as well, right? It's that key, you're the key, you know, fulcrum in the middle of that, right? That is the uh, key piece that uh, that. Uh, um uh, the system integrators will have to tackle for the government, uh, partnering with them. Because uh, if we do not get that right, then think about the data breaches and the security breaches that are happening already with some of the data that's happening uh, that's on the commercial side. Uh, and if you are trying to expose that for a lot of the citizens, that's going to be a huge challenge. Right. Well, um, we have to, Sarabi, we're already up on the break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk a little bit about some of these challenges and opportunities for systems integrators and the government and the and the citizen customer um, in terms of improving that 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 experience overall. My guest today is Surabi Subra Manyam. He is the vice president and emerging technologies practice lead at CGI Federal, and you are listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, fifteen hundred AM part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Surabi Subramanyam. He is a Vice President and Emerging Technologies Practice Lead at CGI Federal. We're talking about the critical role systems integrators uh, continue to play in the federal space and delivering solutions for customer agencies and American citizens. And Surabi, at the, at the end of last break, we started talking about um, some of those you know, key challenges or things you need to think about, right, if you're in, in your business. And we talk, we touched a little bit on security. Before we go on to the next subject, is there anything else in, in the security area that um, it seems to me the thing that is always on everybody's mind is what's the next threat? And, you know, and if you are supporting the government in your mission, uh, pre, you know, that's got to be part of your constant ever, you know, di- uh, diligent, ever, you know, on you know, uh, on it kind of thing that you're dealing with. Can you talk about how how um, you address that? So definitely security, uh, like you said, is top on mind all the time. Um, uh, as uh, we um, are thinking about, hey, what are the, uh, how do we meet the requirements that the agency has, the government has, and how do we uh, talk about um uh, some of the uh, opportunities we have to uh, to provide better services to the citizens, uh, we do need to think about how we are monitoring the various touch points and endpoints of the data that we are collecting and the data that is being used. Uh, to serve our citizens. Um, uh, the program run by uh, Department of Homeland Security in terms of CDM is a wonderful program. Yeah, can that, you to CDM is? 
CDM is a continuous diagnostics and monitoring system um, that uh, uh, that the DHS is rolling out, um, and uh, uh, it's a great effort and a great initiative by the government to make sure that all the endpoints and all the data and, uh, that the agencies have is secure and is being monitored continuously on a regular basis. Um, uh, so that is one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is there are always new threats, new um, ways in which um, uh, new vectors that are being created that you need to keep handling. So you need to be looking at security, not just at when you're deploying the system into the environment, but as you're developing the system, uh, starting from uh, I'm defining requirements, I'm writing the code, you need to start thinking about security from there. Now there is a term that is called uh, DevSecOps or SecDevOps, depending on who you're talking to. But as you're uh, thinking about agile development and as you're thinking about DevOps and everything, you need to factor in security and you need to be testing for security uh, at every step of the way to make sure that when the system is finally deployed, you're, um, you are f- very confident that the, uh, that the system is secure and nothing takes away from the monitoring that you have to constantly keep doing. Right. Presumably when you're doing that too, you're thinking about like creating a system that is secure at that point in time but can continue to be evolve to address changing threats. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So what are some of the other challenges that um, yeah, systems integrators and the government customer uh, deal with when you're when you're talking about impl- deploying new systems or developing new capabilities? So uh, one of the things that uh, uh, we, I mean, we touched upon, um, uh, you know, security, we touched upon the integration with the legacy system. The other change that is significantly happening right now is with the uh, um, evolution of cloud and with the evolution of um, uh, as these service models, agencies are realizing that they do not have to go in and ask for large capital infusion to build these large systems anymore. They can go and say, hey, I need uh, smaller chunks of budgets and I potentially, uh, by doing some of the transformation and the modernization of the IT, uh, I can actually minimize my uh, operations cost and uh, and channel those funds to build better customer experiences and citizen experiences for um, uh, for the users. Uh, so that's one thing that uh, I think is on top of mind. Uh, everyone thinks that oh, if I move my system uh, from uh, from a legacy data center to the cloud, I'm automatically going to reduce costs. But agencies are starting to realize that actually you may increase cost, and you need to constantly be uh, looking for ways to optimize your footprint in the cloud so that you can con- continue to re- maintain and contain costs. So that's something that the uh, that agencies are looking to the system integrators to help them with. So it's so what what I hear you saying is just you know it's not you know oh I'm going to cloud I'm going to save X. It's you have to manage it and identify and you know basically take advantage of or the, those those cost savings that are potentially there and that's understanding the technology the government requirements and you know and and coming up with the the implementation or transformation strategy that makes sense that will reduce the cost is that 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, a good example is if I decide to probably run the system today uh, because I'm running it in the data system center 7 by 24, um, uh, uh, if I try to do the same thing in the cloud, I may actually be pay, end up paying more, uh, right? You Do you need to make the conscious decision of saying, hey, does it really need to run 7 by 24? Can I probably bring the system down over the weekends or whatever it is uh, and and try to bring those costs down? So that's just a simple example of what it is, but there are several levers that are there that uh, the system integrator can help you with to optimize those costs in these new in this new environment. I mean, that's a really good example because I can even understand that. So it's you're really talking about the system integrator helping the government customer identify their business processes and where there's potential efficiencies that or your changes in the way you operate that can help reduce those costs, you know, through the, you know, the new solution that you're acquiring, right? Absolutely. Is that, Absolutely. Yeah, so, and is that also, uh, do you find that there's a big, that oftentimes, you know, I worked in the government for 20 years, so I understand culture from the government perspective. Do you, do you find that, you know, there's, you know, cultural issues there too or just trying to get folks to think in a different way? Um, and what role does the system integrated play with that with the government customer? So uh, culture, I think, is definitely a big issue. Uh, um, uh, different agencies operate in a different fashion and they have their own undercurrent in terms of a culture uh, that is there. Uh, for this transformation to take place, uh, one of the key things that is there is there needs to be leadership on both sides, not just on the uh, system integrator side, but also leadership from the government as well. Uh, both uh, the government and the system integrator need to have what I will call a partnership mindset that, hey, we are in this together. We are partners. We need to work together to achieve the mission objectives uh, and eventually uh, change how we operate so that we can provide a better citizen uh, experience uh, for our users. So, um, you know, in, in that regard, what, human nature is an interesting thing. So, you know, what have you seen as work to get people all on the same page? Is it, you know, just talking about the overall mission and the goals or is it setting goals for, you know, the partnership and, and measuring those? What, what so the number of uh, things that we've seen uh, uh, with varying degrees of success and what works for one agency may yeah, not sure. be... Yeah, sure. That's culture right <laughs> that's there. That's culture, yeah. right? Yeah. It There's may not work for yeah. uh, another agency. Uh, so absolutely setting the tone in terms of the mission objectives, prioritizing what is the mission objective and driving towards that and, and saying that, hey, we are all in this together and collectively let's figure out uh, going back to uh, the agile way of doing things that I know this is a huge monster that we're dealing with. Let's make this one small incremental change and see what is the result of that. Uh, you can uh, you can have those conversations sometimes and they are very easy to uh, take place. Sometimes you will actually have to call a number of the stakeholders into an offsite location, uh, potentially at uh, you know a system integrator's innovation center or what have you, and actually run a workshop and say. CJ has one of those innovation yes, centers. We do. Uh, yes, we uh, do. We just opened one in Boston. Right. Very good. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good point. We have to take our last break. Um, and when we come back, we'll continue to discuss the role of system integrators. I'm going to ask you a few questions about the difference between 
you know, or giving you at least a chance to talk about commercial versus, um, you know, the government or even what was what you've learned from commercial that you've applied to the government, um, as well as what's going on out there with regard to emerging technologies. My guest today is Surabi Subra Manyam. He is the vice president and emerging technologies practice lead for CGI Federal. And you're listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Surabi Sabra Manyam. He is Vice President and Emerging Technologies Practice Lead for CGI Federal. And you know we've covered a lot of ground today, uh, Surabi, with regard to uh, systems integrators, requirements, you know, the government market. Um, but I wanted to, you know, focus on a couple of key things. And so, first of all, you know, I think when you think about success and we talked about partnership in the last segment and, you know, addressing culture, how might an agency uh, best incentivize the systems integrators um, when you when we're shifting now, right, from you described this, like, um, deliverable-based model based on unique sets of requirements versus uh outcome approach, which you also described as, okay, let's, what is the function we're trying to perform? And we write code to that or page. How, do, how does a, a government agency best incentivize that transition? So, uh, Raja, you, you talked about uh, the different models that are there. Obviously, there are different types of procurements that the federal government does. Um, you have fixed price, you have um, uh, um, you know, uh, time and material, and a number cost of these reimbursement, things. All those, yeah, cost uh, reimbursement, all, all the fun stuff that yeah, we have yeah. in the federal government. Uh, so far, because um, the system integrators have been operating in a project by project based model, uh, all of those um, models that we have in terms of how the system integrator is being reimbursed uh, uh, have worked. Uh, to there have been you know, pros and cons in terms of what it is. Uh, but I think if you want to embark on this partnership model where the system integrator and the government agency want to partner in terms of achieving the mission objectives, they need to look at uh, different incentive models uh, for, uh, um, you know, the system integrators. So one of the examples is as you try to do more agile and DevOps-based development, uh, usually the challenge is you can't define all the requirements and scope up front. So it becomes very difficult to do fixed-price contracts. Sure, yeah. So people say, hey, why don't we do uh, time and materials? But then time and materials has the con that, oh, it is time and material, I'll try to build the customer customer for how many hours I can. Right, you're deli- yeah, you're delivering the time. Right? You're delivering People, the time, right, right, and that's right. what it is, right? But to make it really work, uh, one of the things that we've seen uh, be more successful um, is, yes, we can do time and material. We will, uh, you know, have joint planning sessions. We will define the objectives up front. We will define the outcomes up front and all of that. But then you also incentivize the system integrator to say, hey, but if you deliver this with such and such quality and with the metrics that we have agreed upon by set date, which is before the contract expires, I may incentivize you with an additional bonus or something like that. Those really then bring in the level of transparency that is required where the system integrator is more open in terms of uh, expressing their challenges that they have in terms of uh, executing the work, and also they try to bring their 
A game to the table to ensure that the outcomes are being met. So that's one example of what can be done, and there are several other examples as well. Right, and Steve, you know, from your experience on the commercial side, is that commercial customers do that? Commercial customers do that today. Yes. Right, and continuing the conversation on commercial and commercial customers incentivizing it. You know, from uh, from your experience, you know, supporting commercial customers, there's some best practices or things that. Um, that CGI lends itself to supporting the federal customer. Do you have anything you'd like to talk about there? Absolutely. So we are a commercial-led federal uh, systems integrator. uh, So we always are looking at what's happening in the commercial industry, uh, not just uh, in the United States, but also potentially across uh, Canada and the rest of the world, and see what are those best practices that we can bring back uh, to the federal government. Uh, it could be technology, it could be a framework, it could be an intellectual property, it could be numerous things, but all of these, we look at it with a lens of saying that, okay, it may have worked in that geography, it may have worked for a commercial industry or whatever, but is there applicability of that technology or that framework or that IP to the federal government? And it may not be a straight fit, but what can we do to probably tweak it around the edges to make it work for the federal government? So we're always looking for those opportunities. And that sort of connects to your, when you talked about creating incentives, and you know, if, if you create incentives for performance, you know, you've got you're more much more likely to do something like CGI, leverage your your experience across you know the world to try to identify better solutions. Um, and that, with that in mind, I just wanted to you know get your thoughts on well, you know the hallmark of a sort of successful system integrator supporting the you know the federal government for supporting the federal government customer. Just- there are a number of them. Uh, I think first and foremost is deep domain knowledge of how the federal government operates, how the agency operates, what is their mission, what are their objectives. That's, I think, the number one. Uh, the second one is uh, we talked about you know technology, we talked about uh, uh, solutions, we talked about all of that. How can the system integrator, using their expertise, their knowledge of uh, the federal government, how can they identify the right solution that fits the government's needs immediately rather than saying that, oh, you know what, let me build this huge uh, system for you. How can I partner with you to build that right thing? And then the last one is uh, what I talked about, right? It's not about, hey, I'm going from project to project or contract to contract. How can I become a trusted partner of the agency and you know, build that deep relationship with the agency so we can serve them better. Sort of a strategic partner, someone who helps, like who sees the big picture, but also can translate that big picture into what needs to be done, you know, from the business transformation, technology transformation perspective. Absolutely. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Right. So we got about a couple minutes left, and you know, I promised you, Sarabi, that I was going to ask you about emerging technologies before we ended the show. So, again, with a couple minutes left, um, what's out there? What's going on? What What do you see next to support the federal customer? I think it's an exciting time, uh, Roger. Uh, uh, we've already seen the adoption of cloud by some of the agencies. Uh, we're starting to see the adoption of um, uh, software as a service, platform as a service, using no-code, low-code, and all of that. But that's, I think, just the beginning uh, from what we are seeing. Uh, 
there's a lot of opportunity in the federal government uh, to uh, bring in a level of automation that already exists in the commercial ga- space uh, that can come into the uh, into the uh, federal government space to bring in uh, uh, efficiencies in operations and also free up the federal government workforce to focus on the mission priorities rather than trying to do a number of other repetitive uh, you know tasks uh, so the, so automation is that is that, is that some in some sense, artificial intelligence too, or not? Or am I mixing the two? I'm a layperson. Just remember that. <laughs> so, there's there and don't are, hold that against me. No, no, no I'm not going to. There, uh, there are different types of automation uh, that you can bring. Uh, some of it is pretty uh, fundamental um, uh, in terms of, hey. I'm running this batch process sitting at a computer terminal night mm-hmm. night in night out uh, every day right can I automate that and uh, uh, kick off a script that will run automatically and I don't have to be there it's a very basic fundamental level of automation the second thing is what we are hearing about which is the buzzword right now is robotic process automation I have all these disparate legacy systems that probably don't talk to each other very well. And even if they talk to, there are all these uh, exception scenarios that fall apart. How can I bring in robotic process automation to automate some of those scenarios so that these systems can talk to each other without having to actually make changes to the systems themselves? Then you start bringing in the next level of evolution, which is the machine learning, the artificial intelligence, and how can I bring in some of those predictive capabilities and taking it to the next level, uh, bring those capabilities to bear to further enhance uh, the experience for the citizen and also improve the engagement of the workforce uh, that we have within uh, within the agency. Uh, so that's one thing. The other things that are there is there's an explosion of data right now. Uh, we, we keep talking about data analytics. We keep talking about that. It's moved from reports to dashboards to now saying, hey, can I predict what is going to happen in the future? Uh, oh, can I sure. prescribe what is going to happen yeah. in the future? Things like that. And uh, and that was just, you know, textual data and raw data. Now people are talking about video, uh, voice data, all of that. And how can I leverage all of that uh, to enhance the experience? And then you hear the buzzwords, blockchain, all of that. What's going to happen with blockchain? It's interesting. There's a lot of interesting activity going on there. But we still haven't seen a real true use case. Yes. And I think that's yeah. where things are going to change. Right. Well, you know what? I, I mean, I can't, I can't agree with you more when I, you know, just thinking about the number of repetitive processes in the federal government <laughs> that could theoretically be automated. It's a bureaucracy, right? I mean, there's a lot that could be done there. Um, and then all that data, too, that the government has and making better use of that data. A um, t- couple of great uh, thoughts there, Sarabi. I appreciate it. My guest today has been Sarabi Subramanyam. He is Vice President and Emerging Technologies Practice Lead for CGI Federal. And you've been listening to Off the Shelf on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. You've been listening to Off the Shelf with Roger Waldron of the Coalition for Government Procurement on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Tuesday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. 